But I want to talk about regret. Regret. That is not a topic you hear too much. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard anybody preach about regret, but I, in my uh, Bible study, in my devotional, I guess is a better way to say it, uh, something jumped out at me in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We'll start there in verse 9. It says, Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us is nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner, what diligence it produced in you, what clearing of, of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication, in all things you proved yourself to be clear in this matter. Therefore, although I wrote to you, I do not do it for the sake of him who has done the wrong, nor for the sake of him who suffered wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear to you. In one version it says, I, I regretted that I... Paul apparently wrote a letter that we don't have to correct some problems in Corinthians, or one scholar says it's a letter that, that is not part of the Bible, and if you're in my Sunday school class, we'll discuss that this coming week. But uh, he refers to this letter that apparently challenged some folks, and it brought sorrow to them, and they were upset, and they had to deal with it. And, and Paul is writing here, said, I'm not, I, at first I regretted that you were upset, but I see that it's led to your repentance, and that was important. When God deals with us, when the Spirit of God deals with us, and I'm old school, I say he takes us to the woodshed. Okay, my, we didn't have a woodshed, but we had a, a tree out back that my dad would have me go get a switch off of, and if it broke easy, I had to go back and get another one. And he would use it on me, and I'm, I was going to say I'm, I'm fine, but, you know, that's, a, <laughs> that's an opinion, I guess. Nothing's wrong with me. Um, but he said, I wrote this to cor bring correction, and I don't regret it because it brought about a change in your life. So... I started thinking, what regrets do I have? I know you probably have regrets in your life. I'm going to mention the, a few, none of the real serious ones, because I don't want to bare my whole soul to you, but I'm going to reveal a few to them. One of them is uh, in the personal category, musically. For a few years, my parents gave me piano lessons. And that's, you sit there with a little piano book and you play with just the right hand and you play and I rebelled. I don't know how much they paid. It wasn't much back in the early 70s. <laughs> but I wouldn't practice. I was, 
I'm trying to be sensitive, but my teacher seemed a little different to me. Y'all can fill in the blanks. <laughs> and that just, that just didn't sit right with me, and so I wouldn't practice. So they went and got another teacher, and I, at that time, I was already had a wall up, and I just refused to practice. I wish now that I'd done that, because I can't do what my wife just did, play the piano and sing. Uh, I also regret, I played many other instruments, but I regret the fact that I didn't challenge myself to be even better. I was pretty good as a trumpet player. I was first chair in the jazz band. There were three of us in high school that we competed for every, when we had symphonic band, one of them made it. Uh, jazz band, I made it, and the other one in marching band, he was the lead trumpet, and we, um, but I didn't practice that much. I got to college and played all the way through college and the college bands I was in, but it wasn't my passion, I guess. So I, I do regret that. Uh, I think next is educationally. I have a doctorate now. I, it's not really, unless I email you, don't know that, but uh, I got it five years ago, but I probably should have got it 15 years ago, but you know how things happen. But that's fine. I, I made it. Thank the Lord. Uh, Sports-wise, I, I was afraid to play football in junior high. I played peewee football, and they made me wear number 94. Because anybody over 90 pounds in the league had to wear their weight on their jersey. And I weighed 94 pounds in sixth grade, and I had, so I was one of the biggest guys. I dominated. It was fun. But then when I got to junior high, I was so scared because I was a seventh grader. This, this dates me a little bit. We have middle school now, right? But seventh grade, and I looked at those ninth graders that had full-grown beards. I'm like, I am not playing against those guys. But as I got through high school, I wish I had. By the time I got to my junior year, man, I, I should have played. I didn't. So I regret not pursuing that any further. When we, uh, one of my favorite things in college, we played intramural football. It was supposed to be flag football, but we hit each other pretty hard at Southeastern, and uh, I enjoyed that. And then there's love. You ever have regrets in love? You go and put the next one. <laughs> oh, I have them separate. In dating, I, I, um, I never could have a serious relationship. I don't know what it was. It was, it was me, obviously, but so. I met this young lady in college. I saw this lady on stage in college. You can go to the next one. <laughs> and I, oh, you know, man, she was singing up on the platform, and I really liked her. I punched my roommate and said, I'm going to marry that girl. No lie. You can call Sean Mizell in Mississippi. He's a pastor. You can call him and ask him. He said, no way. I didn't even know her at the time. But boy, did I pursue her. And in 1985, I was in the Appalachian District where my dad is, where, where I grew up, 
I was in a, it was a spring or summer, long, I won't get into a long story. Anyway, I was working at the youth camp and her group from Southeastern was coming to sing for the whole week. They were going to be counselors and they sing. That's my chance. So, but what she didn't know, the week before, I met a young lady because there was kids camp one week and then youth camp the next week. So at kids camp, I met this young counselor that was coming to Southeastern. Hey. <laughs> I, I was pursuing Lori, but she wasn't there, right? So I dated, you know, that's the regret. Because when what happened, I thought, no problem. I date one during kids camp, and then Lori's here. I date her. Not a problem. Until the one I dated at kids camp decided, I'm going to show up at a service. Uh-oh. What do you do? Well, I thought, well, Lori's a little older than this other girl, so she will understand. That's a big no. It took me a year and a half to talk her into going back out with me after that fiasco. I won't get into And then professionally, I had roommates in college. Now, I'm just dealing with the roommates, not people I went to college with, but actual roommates in college. One ended up playing semi-pro baseball. I played on the baseball team for three years. Didn't apply myself. Right. Two pastor large churches. One is the men's director in the Potomac District. One is our current missions director here in Penn, Florida, Tom Manning, a roommate of mine. We did a lot together. Uh, two are missionaries or had been missionaries. One of them, you know, he was not my roommate, but he was my next door neighbor at college, and he would knock on our door when we'd get too rowdy because he wanted to sleep and do his studies. His name was Lee Jenkins, okay? <laughs> Some of you know Lee. He, he said, can you tell, and it wasn't me, it was my freshman roommates, but I'm serious, it, I wasn't, because I didn't like them either. I couldn't get out. But he said, can you tell them to, at, at least at midnight, stop, just turn off, anyway. Spiritual, so those are personal regrets. I'm, spiritual regrets. Where, have you ever thought, where would I be with God had I been fully, wholeheartedly committed to God? We heard a missionary speak last night at the missions rally at District Council. And this guy has given his all for Jesus. I think Dick Brogdon. Uh, Brother Stewart, I'm sure, knows him. This man, he started his missions work in uh, northwest Africa. If you know where Morocco is, it's uh, Marantina. It's the country right below there. And he didn't know the language, which was Arabic. He shows up as a missionary. He's, in, um, he's learning the language but can't really do anything. And he said all he had time to do was pray and worship God. And God transformed his life. Of course, he's already committed as a missionary, but he challenged us. And 
to be more than what we think we need to. God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. He knows the plans he has for us. But I put this little caveat in. But have the plans changed because of the detours I've taken or my lack of passion? You ever thought about that? God, where would I be? I just went through my life with you. We can't live in the past. We're right here, right now. So I can't go back and change. Boy, did I wish I could have changed uh, a few things in my life. I cannot go back. In fact, if you think about it, you really don't want to go back. I mean, I don't want to wear bell bottoms again, okay? <laughs> or platform shoes. How many remember the guys wore, and, we, and I made my mom buy them. I don't know why I did that. There's some, uh, I didn't have money, okay. Uh, some regrets in the Bible. Did Cain regret killing his brother? Did King Agrippa regret not being fully persuaded by Paul in Acts chapter 26? I don't know what's, it's probably the pad, maybe, I don't know. Is it my mic? I'll try to. Did Peter regret denying Jesus? He did, we see that, but God, Jesus restored him. Did Demas regret loving this present world? There's a movie out called Schindler's List. It's years old now, isn't it? But there's a scene in there where this man, Oscar Schindler, was a German Nazi businessman, and he did not like what was happening to the Jewish people. So he hired them. He used his own money to hire them in his factory not because they were great workers, just to keep them from the concentration camps. And at the end of the war, he's trying to run and escape because, uh, you know, the war's over and Nazi regime is over. And he's leaving, and as he's leaving, he's saying, I could have gotten more out. And he holds up a watch. He said, that's two more. He gets into a car and says, this car was could be four more Jews. I could have sold it. Because he had to pay uh, he had to, had to pay the Nazis sort of a ransom so they would overlook the fact that these Jews weren't doing anything but taking up space in his factory. What regrets will we have if we say, you know what, I didn't witness. I didn't share with my friend. When got the news uh, this past Sunday morning. One of my good friends passed away. We prayed for him in Sunday school. A believer, but if he wasn't a believer, if I hadn't reached out to him, what, what regrets? So then, let's look at Paul and Barnabas in chapter 15 of Acts, verse 36. It says, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they were doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Now this is the Mark that wrote the New Testament book, Mark. 
But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. So Barnabas says, hey, and Mark is his cousin, all right? What's, I want my cousin to come along. And Paul's like, no. He left us high and dry back in the day. I'm not taking him again just so he can run off. I'm just filling in the blanks, all right? He does, and it's, uh, verse 39, then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. They still did the work, although they parted company. Great contention, it said, rose up. Have you ever had a disagreement and parted ways with somebody? There has to be some regret there, because we're going to look in a minute that... Paul asked for Mark to come. But I want you to think about, we can't let difficulties and trials and things we face or personal difficulties and disagreements with one another keep us from the mission that God has called us to do. So many people, they're, they're sitting at home, not going to church because somebody upset them at church. And I've been around way too long to know that's not true. It's sad. What Satan has done, he's, he's caused a, a division, and then that person is upset. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not innocent either. <laughs> I've been wounded, and I've not intentionally, but I've wounded others, and you don't mean to. Sometimes you say things that you don't, they just come out. So here's a great missionary team. Paul and Barnabas have parted ways. But the great thing about God, here was one team, Paul and Barnabas. They have this contention. Now he has two great teams. In Acts, the church was getting comfortable as they lived through, uh, they experienced Pentecost, and people were getting saved, and then perse persecution rose in Jerusalem, and they went to all these other places. God used the persecution they were going through to send them to where they needed. Now, I'm not saying God caused this war in Ukraine, but those Ukrainians are going to places where Christians are able to minister to them. That God, they're being shown the love of God. There are circumstances and uh, all around the world that God takes what Satan means for evil and he turns it for good. But he needs you and I ready to minister. Those that walk in our doors, those folks that are coming and visiting, they need you and I to love them, to care for them, to show them who Jesus is in our life, not just those that walk in our door, but our neighbor, our friend we see. Uh, maybe you go to the gym. I don't know what you do. Maybe you go to the golf course. Um, I don't know. 
whatever you do, sometimes you keep running in the same people. Open up. Just share, share Jesus with them. So these two great men divided because of Mark, but in Timoth- 2 Timothy verse four, or chapter 4, verse 9, Paul here, he's at the end. He's in Rome in prison, and he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, uh, and all and these other places. Verse 11, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. That's a big change. Now, some say it's a different Mark. I, I like to think it's the same one, because God brings restoration. God brings what was tumultuous, and he can bring unity again. He can bring, the Spirit of God is powerful to move. We, we all have regrets. I would have, could have, should have, but what we all need is to be at the place where God can do miraculous things. Now, I'm reminded of a little boy named David went out to fight the giant, right? When I thought about this scripture, Charlie, I thought about that song. But we have many times a man-centered view of David and Goliath. We see a little boy challenging this great big giant, and we think of ourselves as this little person facing Satan. But that's, that was the attitude of all of the soldiers standing with David that were afraid to go to Goliath. But David had the faith you and I need to have because he said, who are you, Goliath? And I can imagine, I mean, you, you take a, my little granddaughter, Emery, standing down there on that step, and I'm up here, and she's telling me that I'm small, that, that's just, that's not right. But that should be our attitude toward what we face. Because many times Satan blows things out of proportion, but our God is bigger. Our God is greater. Our God is able, and he is greater than any giant that we face. So when we see that image of David fighting Goliath, it's the power of the of the living God facing a defeated enemy. So when we come against the enemy, when we face off with Satan, it is not me against Satan. It's the almighty God in me that is facing him. So when trials come, when difficulties come, when uh, pain and suffering, when all these things come, we seem overwhelmed, but we need to stand strong in faith and say, no, our God is greater. Our God is bigger. Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever hope, think, or ask. But it takes faith. It takes faith to stand in that moment and say, you know what? 
I can't live in the past and the regrets where I should have been, how I'm not prayed up now, God. When we face that giant, let the power of God come in a mighty way. Now, that doesn't mean I slack off and not do anything. That means when, when I'm not facing those giants, I need to be in the Word. I need to be praying. I need to, be, I need to have no regrets from here on out where my spiritual life is. The other day I was fixing, uh, I was changing the brakes on my truck. Man, they I had metal on metal. I changed the front and I kept hearing it. Well, it was the back. So now I have brakes on all four tires. But I, I thought I better figure out, because I'd never changed them on a newer car. I used to help my dad all the time and I'd have to be the one in the car. He would bleed those brakes for those old mechanics around here that know what that is and get the air out. These new cars, you don't have to do that. But I thought, back brakes, I'm not that familiar with, so I YouTube. Uh, type in my truck. I'll watch YouTube, and there's a, you have to get in the car, turn on the ignition, press the gas pedal, hold the uh, brake, and it goes into maintenance mode, and then you can work on them, and then you got to go back before you start it back up, and you got to reset. If I hadn't have done that, Lord knows what kind of mess I'd have had, but thank God I did that. But I didn't go into it just like I usually do, throw the uh, instructions away and just see what I can figure out. I wanted to know that what I was doing was right. And that's what our walk with God needs to be. We need to know his word. We need to know his heart. We need to know what he desires and pursue him with everything we are. And then when the giants come, we're able to stand strong. We're able to withstand whatever the enemy has and is coming against us with. It doesn't mean we're going to get our way. It doesn't mean I can tell God what he has to do. It means I am submitted to his will, and he said if I am lined up with his will, I can ask, and it will be done. We have this big break in our, in our prayer life where, well, God, your will be done. I hope it's this, but Lord, your will be Lord, this is what I desire. This is what I want. If, if that's not what you desire for me, change my desire. Change, tell me how to pray. That's where praying in the Spirit is so important. God, show me what, how you want me to pray. If he's laid someone on your heart to pray for, words or things are going to come to your mind to pray for, things you don't know what's going on in their life, God will reveal it to you. God will show you. 2 Corinthians 7, go back, going back to the text. Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. I hope I challenge you tonight to not live in the past in regret, but say, you know what? I'm going to move forward. I'm sorry for the mistakes I made. And Lord knows that we would be here all night if I did all my mistakes. <laughs> Thank God he, I'm getting at the age. I don't remember all of them. That's great. I went to the store the other day to get A2 milk. It was when uh, Anna and David were down. Lori and I were watching them for a week. 
And little Anna has to drink A2 milk. It's the milk without certain her hormones so because she, she's allergic to just regular milk. So as I'm going to the store, I'm getting, uh, uh, I, got a, I get a text to buy other things. Well, I come back to the house, and I have all the other things. Don't laugh. I, Susan's already laughed. I don't have the A2 milk, the very reason I went to the store. So it's good sometimes not to remember everything. But I will tell you this. God, if we are faithful in what he's called us to do, the Bible says be faithful in little. God's not going to give you some, some of us have these huge dreams. But if I'm not faithful in what God has placed before me, he's not going to bring the big. He's not going to bring, you know, all, all those things we want. He said he would supply every need according to his riches and glory, not every want. I still love you. Okay. I pray that it leads you to repentance, for you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us is nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. It leads us to where we need to be, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. The word says Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. If it doesn't bring life, it's not of God. I don't fully understand all that God has, but I do know this. His plan is that none perish. Why would he send his son Jesus to die and not you know, it says, for God so loved the world, he gave. And so, I've been saved over 50 years now. I was saved very young, just to let you know. I think sometimes I took it for granted. I take it for granted in the sense that, thank you, Lord, I've got it. I wish everybody did. No, he gave it to me so I could share it with others. He showed me a more excellent way <laughs> so I could be a witness. In Acts it says, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. The uttermost parts of the world. They're over, I, th I think the number now is over 7,000 people groups in the world that have not heard the message of Jesus Christ. Either 5,000 or 7,000. 7,000, thank you. It, people groups, not 7,000 people, Billions 
of people have, they don't even have the written word in their language. No one's there preaching to them. There's no evangelical witness where they are. It doesn't, and we hear that and say, wow, the, the task seems overwhelming. It does to me. But I have to go back to David and Goliath. My God is bigger and greater. So how, how can we pray? And we, I, I use pastor's prayer guide for our prayer time already today, but how do we pray? We pray, number one, the, we have it on one of these, uh, for God to send forth laborers into the harvest field. There are people that go. There are people that need to be senders. Many of us are at the age where we probably shouldn't go. <laughs> Should be somebody a little younger, all right? Not that he won't send us. He'll do whatever. But we can send. But most important, we can pray, Lord, raise up leaders. I pray that God raise up missionaries in our church. Let's, let's make it personal for us. God, raise up missionaries. And you know where they're at? They're in our kids' church and in our youth room right now. There's one in, uh, where's he at? The Dominican Republic right now, Josh. Josh Bell. God, continue to call missionaries. Call them. But Lord, we've got to <laughs> we got to pray, pray for them. Because what does Satan want to do? He wants to get in that school. He wants to get in, mess up their life or mess up their family. If he can destroy that family, he can get in the midst of, and make a mess. But God is able. So pray. Let's pray for the Lord of the harvest. The Bible says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers, then it says, we, we water, we plant, we sow, but God gives the increase. We pray the Lord of the harvest. It's his harvest. It's his will. It's not what I do. I'm, I'm just doing his will. But he brings the harvest. So let me encourage you, if you have regrets in your life, if you have things that you say, you know what, I've messed up, God is not done with you. God just wants a willing heart to say, here, here I am, Lord. You say, well, I, I don't have the education. I don't have this. I, we, we go down that list. God placed on our hearts what you would have us to do. Place on us what we can do for the kingdom of God right where we are, right here. 